You know, we are all guilty of worshiping the God of our imagination. And part of this God of our imagination is the way we get hooked into it is the fact that we are all born into a ready-made world of religion. And, you know, you had no say-so over it. You just assumed everything that is presented to you is correct, is the way God wants it to be, this ready-made world of religion that you had no say-so over. You had no decision in what would constitute this this relationship with God. It was just all wrapped up in a neat package when you came into the world, this ready-made world of religion. Now, here's the thing. It's hard to hear God's voice when you have already decided what you want him to say. Now, there are whole religions built on this premise that religions built on the concept that I have already decided what I want God to say. In fact, that's one of the reasons I think outreach often doesn't work is because you're dealing with people who have already decided what they want God to say. Now, truth is a hard sell. It's probably one of the hardest sales you will ever try to make, and that is to sell the truth. In other words, if you if you speak the truth, leave town quickly. Because you're not going to be liked, you're not going to be loved. And yet, when I think about my own personal calling, it was the truth that got my attention. Now, maybe I'm just a weird one. Maybe I'm just strange. Maybe I'm I'm a I'm an oddball, because it was the truth that got my attention. It was the truth that Jesus did not go to church on Sunday. He kept his father's commandments. He kept the fourth commandment. He kept the Sabbath day. And so, when I found out, well, you mean. All of these churches out there that that, that are, are worshiping on the first work day of the week, you mean Jesus didn't even do that? It was the truth that got my attention. You know, it was not praise and worship, you know, a great song service. That's not, that's not what got my attention. Uh, it was not faith healing, people knocking each other upside the head. You know, as a teenager, I used to see that on TV, and I could see straight through the fakery of it. You know, it was not uh, music. It was not, uh, well, let's start a mission to feed the poor, as good as that is. But that's not what got my attention. It was the truth that got my attention. It was the truth that Jesus did not sit around a Christmas tree and swap gifts with his brothers and sisters and say everything that's going on at the Christmas season is all about me. It was the truth that Jesus did not uh, keep Easter and hide Easter eggs. It was the truth that the Bible teaches that God only has immortality. It was the truth that the Bible does not teach heavenly retirement, that the reward of the saved is not going to heaven. It was the truth that while there, yes, there is a fire that will destroy the wicked, it was the truth of the fact that the wages of sin is death, not eternal life in a place called hell. So, What I'm saying is, it was the truth that got my attention when God called me. It was not more religious activity, more church going, more let's get sing in the choir, let's lead a fellowship group, let's do this, let's do that. No, it was the truth that set me free.
Is That Really in the Bible presents the teaching ministry of David Freeman. Now I want to ask you a question. Have you already decided what you want God to say? Acts 28 and verse 26 says this, saying, Go unto these people and say, Hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and not perceive. How is this possible? How can you have ears to hear? How can you have eyes that should be able to see, but you can't see anything? You can't see anything. You can't hear anything. Well, it's because they have already already decided what they want God to say. For the heart of these people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and should be converted, and I should heal them. You know, you got to understand the motive behind the why. Why can't they see? Why can't they hear? They have eyes. They should be able to see. They have ears. They should be able to hear. The answer, they have already decided what they want God to say. Now, this phenomenon is very well documented in theology. People who have already decided what they want God to say. Jesus comes along and says, look, think not that I have come to destroy the law. Do you know what the majority of religious people believe? They believe the very thing that Jesus said, don't think. Don't let it enter your pea brain mind that I have come to destroy the law. And yet there are whole theologies built on Jesus came to abolish the law. Jesus came to nail the law to his cross. Jesus came to do away with it. The very thing Jesus said, don't think it, is the very thing Christians think. Why? My question is, why Why is that? The answer, they have already decided what they want God to say. Now, Jesus said, think not that I've come to destroy the law. I have not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And Thayer's definition of that word fulfill, it actually means to obey as it should be. That's what the word fulfill means, to obey as it should be. You see, if Jesus did not obey the law as it should have been, we wouldn't have a Savior. Of course, Jesus obeyed it as it should be. But, you know, most people read that, well, think not that I've come to destroy the law. I've not come to destroy, but to destroy. That's how most people interpret that verse. No, the word fulfill there means to obey as it should be. And, and, and again, I think a lot of people say, okay, Jesus obeyed the law as it should be so that I don't have to. I mean, that's the perverted, queer mindset that a lot of people have. Jesus comes along and says, look, no man has ascended to heaven. And yet we have a theology that says you go to heaven when you die. How, how is that? How can you take the words of Jesus, words in red, no man has ascended to heaven. And how do you have the, the, the exact opposite where the concept, the theology is, well, you go to heaven when you die. How is that? How can you come up with opposites? The answer they have already decided what they want God to say. It has nothing to do with the authority of the Bible. I mean, you, you could take that verse, John 3 and verse 13, and you could say, look, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, no man has ascended to heaven. And, and if you think you're going to get an, a response that says, oh, well, I've been wrong all my life. I, I didn't realize Jesus said that. No man has ascended. To, if you think that that's the response you're going to get. I've got some swamp land in the Mojave Desert. I want to sell you real cheap. It has nothing to do with the authority of the Word of God. The authority of the Word of God carries no weight. You can't point to this verse and say, well, look, Jesus said no man has ascended to heaven. It's not going to work for you. It's not. You're wasting your time and energy. 
If you think that's going to change the authority of the Bible, it's going to change people's hearts because it doesn't because they have already decided what they want God to say. Jesus said he's Lord of the Sabbath day. Theology says Sunday is, is the Lord's day. You know, how, how, how do you get that? How do you get Jesus saying he is Lord from his own, out of, you know, out of the mouth of our Savior? Jesus said he is Lord of the Sabbath day. How is it the exact opposite exists? That people say, oh, no, he's not Lord of the Sabbath day. He's Lord of Sunday, the first work day of the week. How does that happen? How do you get there? How do you? The answer, they have already decided what they want God to say. And the Bible carries no weight when it comes to authority, when it comes to the word of God. Because they don't have ears and they, and they don't have eyes to see. And they don't have ears to hear because they have already decided what they want God to say. The Bible says God only has immortality. Theology says man has an immortal soul. How do you go there? How do you read a verse that says God only has immortality? And yet you have a theology out there that says, no, man has an immortal soul. How? How does this happen? The first lie Satan ever told to Eve was, you shall not surely die. What is that? That's an immortal soul. You have something immortal about you that lives on. That's the first lie Satan ever told. And it seems that Christianity has taken up sides with Satan. Christianity comes along and says, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Man has an immortal soul. You shall not surely die. How is this? How? How is this? They have already decided what they want God to say. I have met people who wanted to believe that people burn for all eternity in hell. Now, I believe wicked people will be destroyed totally, but I don't think they're going to be tormented forever in hell. There is a big difference, by the way. The wages of sin is death, not eternal life in hell. But how? How do you go to a point where you want to believe people will burn for all of eternity in a place called hell? How? When the Bible says the exact opposite. When the Bible says, no, the wages of sin is death, not eternal life in hell. How? How do you get to that point? The answer, they have already decided what they want God to say. Now, Adam and Eve hid from God, and man has been hiding ever since from God, hiding behind the God of our imagination, a God where we have decided what we want him to say. You know, people kid themselves. Oh, I, I need a word from the Lord. You're kidding. You don't want a word from the Lord. You have a word from the Lord that carries no authority whatsoever. It's called the Bible. Okay. Reminds me of the guy I heard about, you know, he, he, he wanted a word from the Lord and he opened his Bible and he flipped through the pages and put his finger on a scripture and said, whatever it says, I'm going to do it. That's my word from the Lord. And he pointed out a scripture. It says, and Judith hung himself. And he thought, oh, my goodness, I don't want to do that. That's not the word of the Lord I was looking for. And so he did it again. He flipped open his Bible and, and opened it up and pointed to a scripture. And it said, that which you do, do quickly. So, you know, but what, my point is, people don't want a word from the Lord. They won't listen to the written word of God. We worship a God where we have already decided what we want him to say. Now, let's get a word from the Lord while we're at it. First Peter 4 and verse 19. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Wait a minute. I don't want to suffer according to the will. Do you want to suffer according to the will of God? Well, this is what this verse says. 
No, I want a prosperity doctrine. I want a doctrine where I have already decided what I want him to say. I want a prosperity doctrine, a three-car garage and a BMW and everyone, and uh, you know, a, a huge money and, and, and material possessions. That's what I want. I don't want to read about a scripture that says, therefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing. No, that's not what I want to hear, you see, because I've already decided what I want God to say. First Peter 4 and verse 2, it says that you won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. Now, that's not what I want to do. I've spent my whole life chasing my own desires. What I want God to say is chase your own desires, and that God thing is a 45-minute worship service that you do every Sunday morning. Okay, that's what I want. You see, the reason we want this, we don't want a word from the Lord. The word from the Lord says, don't spend the rest of your life chasing your own desires. No, we have already decided what we want God to say. Hebrews 10 and verse 36, For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So I've got to do the will of God. I've got to have patience. Well, I don't want that. I want God to say that just name it and claim it. There's no need for patience. All you got to do is just name it and claim it, and you'll have everything you want. You see, we've already decided what we want God to say. Isaiah 30 and verse 9 says that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord. Notice that. We're dealing with a nation that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy unto us right, don't prophesy not unto us right things. We don't want to hear about right and wrong. Speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceit. Preach what I want to hear. Preach the God of my imagination because I've already decided what I want God to say. Now, the question is this. What are you searching for? I've met a lot of searchers who can never find the right church, who can never find the right truth, the right doctrine, the right anything, and they spend their whole lives and they go to their grave, a searcher, and they never find what they're looking for. What are you searching for in a church is the question. You know, if you want a church where they teach God requires nothing from you, they're on every street corner. Just join up. Just join up. Just give your heart to the Lord, and that's all you have. Just raise your hand, and, and you'll be saved. Yeah, if you want a church where they teach God requires nothing, they're on every street corner. If you want a church that makes you feel good about, the, about yourself and the life you are now living, they're on every street corner. If you want a church that teaches the prosperity doctrine that God just wants to that God is just a blessing machine and he just wants to give you all the material things that you want well they're out there that's exactly what you'll find you see whatever you want from a church is what is the church you will find if you want a church of smoke and mirrors and candle wax and where the priest speaks latin and you can't even understand do you realize that that there are churches that dot our land where the priest speaks Latin and no one can understand what he's saying, and they go there? Why would you go there? Why? 
Why? Because they've already decided what they want God to say. And what they want God to say is nothing. I can't even understand it because the priest speaks Latin. Reminds me of the story of the, the wife that wanted her husband to go to the Catholic, to, uh, Catholic Mass. And he did not want to go at all. I mean, he just begrudgingly finally went. And she said, well, look, you just do everything like I do and you'll be okay. So they're sitting there. And she said, now, honey, it's time to get down and kneel on the floor. And he got down on the floor and kneeled down. Now, honey, it's time to stand up. Now, honey, it's time to get back down and kneel again on the floor. And now, honey, it's time to stand up. And, and now, honey, it's time to genuflect and cross yourself and all that. And he did it sort of awkwardly. He messed it all up. You know, he messed it all up. And now, now honey, it's time to get back down on the floor and kneel again. And now, now, honey, it's time to stand back up. And she looked over at him and she said, honey, is your fly unzipped? And he said, why should it be? You know, people get so carried away with rituals, you know, they don't even understand understand why they're doing what they're doing. This guy thought his fly was supposed to be unzipped. It was part of the service, I guess. Yeah, rituals and, and just let us go through these meaningless rituals and we will somehow be in a relationship with God. If you want a church that that is exciting, jumping church pews, speaking in tongues, a gibberish that no one can understand, that's exactly what you get. You see, whatever you want from a church is the church you will find. Now, let me tell you the one reason people never go to church. The truth, correction, instruction. You know, if you think that's why people go, are going to church, you're brain dead. You're brain dead. Yeah, people don't go to church for the truth, for correction and instruction. Are you kidding yourself? Are you kidding yourself? Proverbs 23 and verse 23, Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. You know, there is a price you have to pay for the truth. What is that price? It is your unconditional surrender. Your unconditional surrender. You know, I, th I think I've, I've had a lot of people contact me and they say things like, well, I, th I feel like I need to be baptized. And they could not pay the price for truth. They fell by the wayside because they just couldn't bring themselves to surrender. Unconditional surrender. To put up their white flag and say, okay, God, you're right. I'll do what you tell me to do. They could not bring, bring themselves to that point. Hebrews 5 and verse 9, And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. That's a scripture you're never going to hear in church. Uh, Jesus, being made perfect, he became the author, not just of salvation, but of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Is obedience important to God? Well, how could you read this scripture and not conclude that? But you see, you've already decided what you want God to say. Now, what does God want me to obey? Well, we can start with the Ten Commandments. We can start with the Ten Commandments and the fourth one included. The fourth one included. You know, Matthew 19, verse 17, a rich ruler came to Jesus and said, well, good master, what must I do to be saved? And, he, and Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? There's none good but one. And that is God. But if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, which? And Jesus said, you shall do no murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. 
and you shall love thy neighbor as yourself. You know, Jesus starts clicking off the Ten Commandments. The first four tell you how to love God. You know, and and I tell you what a lot of people will say. They'll say, well, you see, Jesus didn't mention anything about the Sabbath. Well, he also didn't mention anything about taking God's name in vain. Do you believe it's okay to take God's name in vain? Now, if you believe it's okay to break God's Sabbath, evidently you believe it's okay to take God's name in vain and that you can have other gods and you can have other idols that you worship. Because, no, you know, Jesus was summarizing the Ten Commandments. The first four tell you how to love God. The last six tell you how to love your fellow man. You know, I started writing churches, and I I said, you know, what do I got to do to be saved? I was sort of rephrasing this question that the rich young ruler had. Good master, what good thing? I didn't quote it like that. You know, I didn't write people and say, good master, what must I do to be saved? But I, I asked, you know, what do I got to do to have salvation? And, and none of them, listen, none of them said, none of them quoted Jesus. None of them. What does that tell you? that none of them quoted Jesus. If you will enter into life, keep the commandments. Not a one. Most of them said something like, well, just receive and believe. Our part is real simple. Just receive and believe. Yeah. But none of them quoted Jesus. None of them quoted this verse. Not a single one. Matthew 19 and verse 7, if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. Now, question, what sin do you struggle with? Would you like to be free from it? You'll never get there unless you surrender to God. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 3, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Talking about sexual sins. And it says, you know, the Bible speaks to all issues of life. You know, there, here, here we have in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 3, For this is the will of God that you should abstain, put away sexual sins. That's what God wants from you. Now, why is there this teaching that says there's nothing you must do, grace plus nothing, Jesus did it all for you, the law's been abolished, it's been nailed to the cross, it's been fulfilled, it's been done away with. Why is there this teaching that says that in mainstream churchianity? It's, the reason is, it's the God of, of their imagination. They have already decided what they want God to say. And what they want God to say is, there's nothing you must do. Grace plus nothing. Jesus did it all for you. The law, that's what they want God to say. It's the God of their imagination. And you know, it's hard to hear God's voice when you have already decided what you want him to say. Buy the truth and sell it not. Get wisdom. Get instruction. Get understanding. Are you worshiping the God of your imagination? Have you already decided what you want God to say? Again, it's hard to hear God's voice when you have already decided what you want him to say. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia 24151. Or visit us on the web at Is That Really in the Bible.net.
For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net.